0: The first person we're gonna be talking about here in Psalm 36 is a wicked, wicked person. It's giving us a description of a wicked man. So what you guys, as we talked about yesterday, were before you came to Jesus. Or if you haven't come to Jesus, are currently now. <coughs> and so we're gonna we're gonna read this in just a second, but Amen. Thank you. So, like I said, Psalm 36. And uh, I think we'll just kind of break it down as we go instead of reading the whole thing right away. So, an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked person. Some of you guys probably have a different translation, which is totally fine. But basically, the way David is starting this is saying, hey, God put something on my heart. Like, you know, most prophets when they spoke, they said thus says the Lord. Well, this is slightly different cuz while God is speaking to him, it's not like direct word from God. Although David was considered a prophet of sorts. So, what David is saying is that hey, God laid something on my heart and I felt it import, important enough to tell others about it that he put he put pen to paper. You know, and it's a the first part of this is about The person who is wicked, the person who is sinful, the person who is unrepentant. And he's giving us a very clear and pretty harsh description. So let me go ahead. Dread of God has no effect on him. For with his flattering opinion of himself, he does not discover and hate his iniquity. The words from his mouth are malicious and deceptive he has stopped acting wisely and doing good. Even on his bed, he makes malicious plans. He sets himself on a path that is not good and he does not reject evil. That's a pretty good description of somebody who's wicked and unrepentant, right? Because that was us, right? That was us before we came to Jesus, right? We're all kind of coming out of this. We're coming out of this being wicked. We're coming out of this not caring about the words coming out of our mouths or the actions that we're taking. You know, This is describing that he had just this pride in himself. This wicked person had this pride in himself and he had such a high view of himself that he didn't fear God. That he didn't care to even seek out the fact that he was killing himself in his sin. Now I can recognize this from my own life as I know, I know there was a point in my life that I decided, you know what? I want to live for myself and do my own thing while the whole time thinking I'm a believer, but living the complete opposite, you know, having fire insurance, but living like I'm already there. You know, I had my period of, of going out being stupid you know having sex before marriage porn like crazy you know drinking all that dumb stuff that we all know and love and are learning to hate but this person the person that doesn't care this wicked person this person that we all once were otherwise known as being in adam which is like a biblical way to talk about it, being in the flesh, right? Because Adam brought death into the world when he sinned. But Jesus brings life, and we'll get to that. You know, so this guy, this person, high view of themselves, prideful, not caring what they do, what sin they commit. And it goes deeper in the fact that they don't care to even search for it, that the words of their mouths are nothing but deceit, Right says that the devil is a liar all the time. Except for when he's telling on you to God. And then he's telling the truth. You know, so that's, what, that's what the devil is. He's the accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't accuse people who don't follow Jesus. He accuses those who follow Jesus. He accuses us. He stands in front of God day in and day out saying, did you see what he did? 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 Did Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. He's a snitch. Exactly. He's a snitch. And one day, he'll get his stitches, right? You know? Satan knows his end. He knows his end is the lake of fire, which is why he works so hard right now to get us to live this way. To be wicked and unrepentant, not caring to seek out our sin and destroy it, to not care about how we talk, and to to not even seek to become wise and do what's right. This is what Satan wants us to stay in. He wants us to be so deceived that there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that, right? That's what the world sees, right? the world sees that as being a normal person or being a you know movie star they can live like hell and no one cares until they're dead and then they start looking back into their into their their past and going wow i didn't know that they were into all that weird stuff and realizing, man, maybe that's what happened. Maybe that's what caused this issue to spring up in their life, you know? You know, take some of these famous people who have died or taken their own lives. They lived wicked lives. Sure, they had all the stuff they wanted in the world because that's all they sought after and they stopped acting wisely and doing good that now all the stuff in the world, all the people surrounding you in the world, all these people liking you and wanting to be like you, it just wasn't enough. And there was something missing, something missing. And they just kept looking in the wrong places. And ultimately so many of them end up in suicide. Robin Williams, Chester Bennington from Lincoln park, You know, these guys had everything they could ever want and it still wasn't enough because our stuff and our things aren't what fulfill us. Only the love of God is what fulfills us. And David goes on in the the rest of the chapter and describes God and his faithful love for those who continue in faith and I think it's, it's beautiful, so I'm just gonna read it straight through. Lord, your faithful love reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. Your judgment's like the deepest sea. Lord, you preserve people and animals. How priceless your faithful love is, God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They are filled from the abundance of your house. You let them drink from your refreshing stream. For the wellspring of life is with you. By means of your light, we see light. Spread your faithful love over those who know you and your righteousness over the upright in heart. Do not let the foot of the arrogant come near me or the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers have fallen. They have been thrown down and cannot arise. Like, tell me that's not, that's not cool. That's not awesome. Hearing about God's faithful love towards those who seek him instead of those who turn to the world and just wanna do worldly things, living for themselves, living for the flesh, going after the stupid crap in this world that means nothing to us. By being fulfilled by God and living for Him, our lives are totally different. Right, you see that, right? Your life right now, even if it was only a few weeks ago, is different than it was then. Right, Because when you came into the program, everything wasn't fixed right away, right? No, it's been taking time. And it's going to take time. However, you feel the difference. You can see the difference. You feel this love of God in your life fulfilling you. Just like John 10.10 says that I come to give life and life abundantly. Now that doesn't mean he's going to give you health, wealth, and everything that you've ever wanted, because Jesus said, what? Following me is not easy, right? Because it takes dying to self. It takes having faith, you know, because like, it's, like David says, that it's for those who seek after him. And if we're not seeking after God, And we're seeking after something else there's only one God right existing in three persons God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit hard concepts to grasp but we see it we see it all throughout Scripture I mean even after Jesus was baptized you had God speaking you had Jesus there in the water and you had the dove ascending which was a symbol of the Holy Spirit You see the concept of the Trinity all over the place. And yet, so many people would rather live as the wicked and unrepentant. But why is that? Why do why do so many people want to live that way? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that? You know? Well, yeah, okay, yeah, sin's fun. However, one of the answers, one of the main answers I've ever received of why people do not want to give their lives over to Jesus is because they don't want to live for him. They don't want to let go of their sin. If you're not ready to let go of your sin, then you're going to continue to live in your sin, being the wicked. The one that David says here, the evildoers have fallen. They have been thrown down and cannot rise. Right? He's saying that after death, the wicked person doesn't get to rise in the first resurrection like we talked about yesterday. No, they get to rise to the second death, which is the lake of fire. And that's why it says they cannot rise. They can't come back from that. We have till we have this life to make the decision to follow Jesus. Right? And that's the best decision that we will ever make. And after we make that decision to follow Jesus, that decision has to be made every day. Every day, every moment, we have to choose Jesus. He's not going to force us to choose him, but he's going to ask you to follow him every day. He's going to ask you to die to yourself every day to, to experience God's fullness of love. We have to follow Jesus and it's worth it, right? God's love is worth giving up ourselves for. It's counterintuitive, right? Because everything in us wants to preserve self, right? Somebody walks in here with a gun, we're not always thinking about how can I help my brother. It's how am I going to stay alive? You know, there might be a select few of us who would probably step in front of somebody else and take the bullet, but not everybody. Because it's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive to put yourself in harm's way to protect somebody else. But what did Jesus do? He did exactly that, right? He took on our sins so that we could be set free. He took the bullet. And then he got out of the grave and said, now what? can't throw anything else at me you can't hold Jesus down and he is going to be sure that you have every opportunity to turn your life over to him no that's what we see all throughout scripture every time We see something happening, a judgment, some wrath being poured out. It's all designed to cause people to repent and to turn to Jesus and to give their life to him fully and stop living for themselves. Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, come on. He gave them a chance. You know, when Jonah went to Nineveh, it was so that they could be given a chance to repent. Just like Jonah, he was eaten by the great fish so that he could have a chance to repent. He's also a picture of Jesus being in the grave for three days because he was in the belly of the fish for three days. God wants us to be with him. But he hates sin and he, he loves us and he wants us to be with him but he wants us to let go of our sin and lay everything down before the cross of Jesus, right? Jesus described it as it has all been nailed to the cross. I'm supposed to hate sin. That was designed that way. But we distorted what we were designed for. When you come to Jesus, right? When you come to Jesus, says that he takes, he takes on the penalty for your sin. He wipes it away. That doesn't mean you can't, that that you won't sin. Doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be perfect right off the bat. That's what sanctification is about. You know, but when you come to Jesus, how many of us were taught that, well, now I'm a sinner saved by grace. How many of you identify that way? How many of you have ever said that or heard a pastor say, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner saved by grace. You've heard it said, right? Everybody's heard that said. Well, what does the Bible actually describe you as? Your faith. Well, okay, yes, that you are faithful. But what does the Bible actually call true believers? Yes, okay, saints. 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 We are called saints. Not like in the Catholic world, but in like the true biblical, meaning of it. We are saints because we are no longer in sin. Now we're in Christ trying to fight against our sin by the power of the Holy Spirit through sanctification. So we're saints. So instead of looking at yourself as a sinner saved by grace, you need to view yourself as what you really are. A saint dead to sin. A saint dead to sin. It means sin does not have to have power over you. Right? Just like the grave had no power over Jesus. Because he was perfect. He had no sin. The power that raised Jesus from the grave is with comes into our lives when we give our lives to Jesus. We have that same power, the same Holy Spirit. We can stand in our true identity as saints dead to sin, children of God, blood-bought by the Savior of all. And we can look at sin in the face and say, I don't need you anymore. I don't have to live by your rules anymore. We can look at the world and say, I am not of you anymore. I don't care if you kill me. I don't care if you torture me. I'm going to live for my Lord and my God, Jesus, no matter what. That is what our life is supposed to be like after we come to Jesus. And we lay down our lives and take up his life. You're not accepting Jesus into your heart. You're giving your life to him so that he can live it for you. Right? We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And we become a new creation. We got to live in that. We got to live in that if we don't want to live in that we're going to fail and we're going to walk away. And that's just, it's not the way to live. It's not the way to go. I don't know where to go from there. So let that sink in. Let that sink in. You know, God cares about you guys. You know, and he did, he's done everything possible. To bring you, bring you back into his, his family. We need to live as such. It's easier said. But we can do it. We can live. We can live the way God designed us to. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise you, God. We praise you for being a wonderful and awesome Father to us. Lord, for for Jesus and the work that he accomplished for us, Lord, paying the price we deserve. Lord, for the power of your Spirit being within us so that we can live the way you've designed us to live. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would take hold of that identity that we are saints dead to sin, lord and that we would move forward from this point on living for you and living as if we're all as if you're coming back tomorrow lord that we will stand as conquering warriors in our faith no matter what comes our way lord lord transform our lives right now lord we need you we can't do life without you we need your strength we need your wisdom lord would you speak into our hearts and into our minds Lord, and use us for your glory and your kingdom by spreading the gospel, not just through our words, but also through our actions and deeds. Lord, let those fruits of the Spirit just well up within us and through us. Lord, we praise you. We give you our lives. And we give you everything else. Lord, it's all yours anyway. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, right, guys, have a good evening.